You're listening to Metal and High Heels, the official podcast from the magazine about metal, lifestyle, and entertainment. Hello, hello. Welcome to a new episode of the Metal and High Heels podcast. This is episode number 15, and we have a lovely guest tonight. And also, we have Steffi back. Yes, hello, everyone. <laughs> and Angela, introduce yourself for a. Okay, <laughs> hey, so I'm Angela. I'm a, a metal journalist with uh, different magazines, and the main one I'm working for right now is metal.de. Yeah, that's a German online magazine, right? Yes, exactly. One of the biggest, I would say. Yeah, yeah, probably. Cool. So uh, before we start with our talk, um, thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, you can find show notes with links and comments to everything uh, at metal-and-highheels.com slash podcast uh, 14, the number 14. No, 15, 15. Podcast 15. <laughs> or just slash podcast, <laughs> then you find every, all, the, all of the episodes. So tweet at us using MH, hashtag MHpodcast15. And uh, yeah, let's talk about what you do, Angela. Since when have you been uh, okay. a journalist? Working as a journalist? Is that your like real job? No, it's, it's not a real job. It's for, like, for most people, it's more of a hobby in the sense that it, you, you kind of professionalized yourself um, in the because it is like a part-time job but it's mostly volunteer work I guess like it's for you guys as well mm -hmm. so yeah but um, I've been doing this for a number of years I used to be with Sony Cathedral which is an American-based um, yeah online magazine focusing on female fronted metal mm -hmm. and then um, ever since I moved back to Germany from Canada in 2015 I've been with metal.de and also Music Mag, which is another German magazine. And how got you into that whole topic and, yeah, almost job of a journalist? What was the first step? Um, I think I was remember? approached... <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah, I do. Um, I was approached by someone of, like in my first magazine after they read... Um, like a bio I did for an artist fan page. So apparently my writing was um, was not that bad at that point. And then they asked me to do some reviews and stuff. And I started out just doing um, live reviews of shows and also live photography. So that's how I got started. And then I just went from there. And now I basically do pretty much everything. Um, interviews, live reports, CD reviews, DVD reviews. Uh, we do um, autograph sessions. <clears throat> sorry um like signing sessions for bands at festivals so you kind of have to um also do some um well yeah i guess some some like taking care of bands um yeah fan relations stuff like that cool and you also do photos right yeah also photos yeah one of the main things I do, actually, but right now here we have um, a different, like a photographer who's also based in Berlin, like me. So we usually just uh, do the shows together and she does the photos and I do the writing. But I do photography, too, still. Mm -hmm. And what, what do you prefer? Texting or photos? Um, it's nice to have a mix, I guess, because um, you express yourself creatively in different ways. 
So sometimes doing both is fun, but doing both is also a lot of work if you have to cover something by yourself. So I like doing mm -hmm. either the one or the other, and um, it depends. Right now I'm having a phase where I enjoy writing more than I enjoy photography. So, yeah. So you're also a lot of backstage, I would say, with all the interviews and, yeah, maybe also album reviews if you're in studio before an album release do you have a very uh what's what's the craziest funniest story maybe you can um, tell us so okay so one one interview i did was uh, pretty weird um so there's this range of interviews that are like super like how do i put it like i did this one interview with rise against which was in a um like five-star hotel and um, there was a, like a camera crew from TV station in before me and then they came out and I went in and it was like all super planned with the manager in the corner listening to the whole interview and all that but everyone was super nice it was a super nice interview I really enjoyed it but that's like this one extreme like you're sitting in this hotel lobby of this classy five-star place and then the other extreme was when I interviewed a crazy town which some people might remember from the early 2000s Ooh, yeah. and um, <laughs> yeah butterfly song and that was mm -hmm. in a parking lot in a area of like a rundown area that basically looks like like just abandoned buildings and all that um and um yeah they're not as big as they used to be so it was kind of yeah already run down and you're just in this parking lot and police start looking at you in a weird way because well, it just looks really weird um, with this band in their van and they basically have their suitcases out in the open and, and start going through their stuff. And yeah, so it was really interesting. Wow. Yeah. But it's actually cool that they're back on tour, right? Because um, they were kind of a one hit wonder. And then suddenly I, I knew that they that they were touring again in Europe and stuff. Yeah, I think they're still doing it again. Crazy town, I mean. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I think they're even having another tour coming up right now, soon. Nice. So you've actually uh, um, worked with some big names of rock and metal, I think. Who's like the most famous one you've um, you've met? Um, I think that would actually be Rise Against, I think, for the interview that I did. Not exactly the music I listen mm -hmm. to personally, but um, still a big name. So yeah, yeah, cool. What do you listen to? Uh, melodic death metal, lots of pagan uh, folk stuff. So um, yeah, I would say Insomnium is one of the most important bands for me. As like a melodic death metal band, um, pagan stuff like Elvedi, Skullmold are one of my favorite bands. And then there's a bunch of mm -hmm. other bands, of course. Yeah. Arcona. Yeah. <laughs> have you had them all already, like, covered? Or do you still have a wish to um, interview a big band or something? Or one of your favorites? Um, I have some of them covered. Not all of them. Um, I'm not sure. I think Insomnium would be nice. So once they... Uh, They release a new album. I'm going to try to get on that. Um, Arcona, I might have something lined up um, when they're touring next year. 
but that's all just mm -hmm. in the early stages of planning. So, but that would be cool because they're also a really good band. And other than that, I don't know. Honestly, I'm not sure. I never really put that much thought into it, and then it suddenly comes up, and then I have to come up yeah. with questions so I'm not completely idiotic, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Or you make it, you make it a thing, and you make it, um, yeah, you make a stupid, funny interview, but you need the right band for that. So, yeah, that's true. Not all of them are are um, willing to <laughs> do something funny. Yeah, I just did two funny interviews uh, with Skullmerd and also Omnium Gatherum. So I did um, stereotype interviews for like Icelandic stereotypes for Skullmerd and Finnish stereotypes for Omnium Gatherum. So that was pretty fun with both bands, okay. and they were really good. Um, yeah, they they yeah they weren't too stuck up and and all that. Like some bands might be. None that I've met, but sometimes you hear about bands not being in the mood for, yeah, having a funny kind of interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were really cool. Nice. Uh, if there was someone, somewhere, um, musicians who were, don't know, some somehow a little bit bad or, yeah, also in the other extreme, very friendly to you, do you remember maybe? Oh, okay. Well, I'm not going to put names. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to put names Gossip. to it, but there was one band, also a bigger name, and they just, it was at a show and we were with um, some people who, from their um, record label and they were like oh is someone from the record label here and then they were like yay here and it was two people at the show from the label and the band was like oh just two in a very condescending kind of tone which was not cool because it was a bigger venue and people started turning around looking at us and they were like what the fuck so i'm not going to put any names to that but that yeah. was not a that was not a cool thing to do um yeah also really nice people from the record label that i i, I it hurts to see them be treated like that yeah and the other extreme uh, lots of really good experiences with bands in interviews or also bands coming in for signing sessions so some bands sticking around like after the signing session for another hour or something just having beers um yeah just really cool funny stuff that happens nothing comes to mind right now to be honest but yeah this one again skull one of my favorite bands and they're also really fun to um like hang out with um we ended up signing one of the guy's t-shirts because one of the other band members kind of got some sharpie on on the t-shirt during the signing session so it was ruined anyway so then he just had us all sign his t-shirt or i don't know who came up with the idea but yeah <laughs> so we just all like on him like he was still wearing it we just like signing him yeah which was pretty fun cool cool i have a theory about that um the kind of this range that Steffi was mentioning. Um, some of the humblest people are like the most famous or the other way around. Like, you know, it's like the most arrogant are like smaller bands that are less known. I've seen and that too. And when you too. meet like the big, big stars, they turn out to be like super nice. Yeah, I've seen both extremes. I've also seen yeah. bigger bands acting that way and smaller bands being humble and just appreciating that they're getting the attention and the media coverage and the fans coming out 
and yeah mm. so I guess they're both extremes in both types of bands if that makes yeah. any sense yeah 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 and who met you Kiki do you remember very funny moment uh yeah if we're if we're on that subject I I remember um when we were at Rock Hearts Festival in 2012 and we had an interview for metal4.de with uh, Paul Diano and his flight was super delayed and it was like everything everything that could have gone bad went bad that day and he got Uh, to the festival just in time to play so he went on stage and played and after that it was 3 a.m. in the morning and he still did the interview with us and he was super apologetic wow. that he that he was so late and, and he was like the nicest person in the world wow. and on the same festival I, I had that kind of experience like before um, one another day during the festival we had a we had an interview with a band whom I didn't know and it was a, a kind of a German band kind of local I guess locally kind of big but uh, still you know like mm. and they were like super arrogant and I was like uh-huh <laughs> I don't even remember who they are <laughs> well, okay. so yeah but that's so strange Yeah. Yeah. They're not worth to remember. But yeah, that's that's very funny that these small bands just yeah are some kind arrogant, yeah, maybe because they're new in the business. I have no idea. I think it's the most strange. They think um, they are Yeah, but I, I don't know. Uh, it's always it's not always the case, of course, but um yeah, I guess some bands can't can't deal with getting a little bit of attention and their jaws their egos just go boom i don't know could be but Some yes angela was saying it's not always the case so no i think sometimes it's just also people just having a bad day and you don't realize it i mean i've seen bands um like in a backstage situation see bands like being super stressed or just sleep deprived and all that and they still had to keep going they still had interviews scheduled and mm -hmm. um and I kind of like sometimes I can totally understand if a band like doesn't feel up to to doing it but they still have to do it and then I guess situations like that can occur so yeah 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 on the one hand of course sure everyone can have a bad day But on the other hand, I think it's somehow their job and it is important to get positive publicity. And if they're then somehow unkind or unfriendly, that's sure, and not, it's not very... Only, it's not only their job like uh, to do all the press and, and, and the meet and greets and everything. It's also, I think it's also a thing of a matter of uh, how you say that, you know? How you, you, you tell the person in front of you that you're not feeling well or, or, or whatever. A couple of weeks ago, I was in uh, Cologne at a um, Epica and Fjord uh, concert. And um, we just had had our interview with Epica that just went online last week on YouTube. Um, last week, I mean December, what was it, 2nd or 3rd? 
so check that out. <laughs> and um, we had just done that and we were still on the backstage and I saw Anneke and Anneke is always such a lovely, lovely person. And I saw she was uh, kind of waiting to get ready for the oh, gig. Yeah. So I uh, went to her and I was like, do you maybe have some time to do a short video with us? We don't have anything scheduled, but if you don't have anything to do, you know, right now we could like, I don't know, film you while you do your makeup or something like that. And uh, she was wearing a, a, a scarf and uh, she looked at me and, and, and was like, I'm so, so super sorry, but I'm not feeling that well. And I shouldn't uh, talk too much because uh, my voice has to be ready for, for the concert later. And I'm super, super sorry, but I, I, I can't right now. And we could do that another time. And she was like super apologetic. And I was like, no, no, stop apologizing because I love you. It's fine. <laughs> Dude, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah, it's just Anika. Yeah, and that's her. And, and she was like, but I'm sorry. And after the concert, she came to, to the merch stand and I was in, in there and uh, she came to me again and was like, I'm super sorry. And I was like, no, no, no. You are totally in your right to, to say no and you are totally in your right to take care of yourself and of your voice. So that was amazing and that was like great she's so super nice you know yeah. but there are other people um yeah I've, I've heard a lot of 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 rumors and 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 things happen to people when they get this this no I can't but in a super rude way that you know you can just say it nicer yeah yes so true. that that was yeah Anika is a great role role model in that yeah it always depends on the person it's yeah just like normal life yeah yeah that case somehow it's yeah yes exactly everyone's different <laughs> but before we uh we keep on talking about uh this other in interesting stuff <laughs> we had one uh, one topic also we wanted to discuss with you angela and it was mm -hmm. like um the fact of being a female journalist in this kind of still more male-dominated uh, genre, music genre, what do you think? Is there still sexism in metal? Have you encountered it yourself? Uh, what do you think about the subject? Personally, I haven't encountered it against my own person. Um, also, there are, like, most of the promoters at the record labels that I work with for different things are women at this point, um, which I was surprised about. Um, also, tour mm -hmm. managers that I've met, like, some, like, also women, um, I was at this show the other day, and it was uh, two like metal.de um, people, so like me and the photographer, who's also a girl, and then two um, representatives of Napalm Records, um, who were also mm -hmm. women, and then there was uh, people from um, the German Metal Hammer, and one girl and one guy. So out of this group of people working in the industry and in some way, or the other, um, there were six people, and just one of them was a guy, you know? Um, on the other hand, if you look at the musicians, of course, there's like yeah, a lot of, yeah, I mean, there's mostly guys uh, in bands, but I've never really been, uh, I've never felt that I was treated differently or with less respect. Um, I wasn't sexually harassed or whatever, you know? So um, personally, I don't have any negative experiences. Mm -hmm. um, but what I see, for example, is that also women somehow don't seem to participate as as much sometimes so when we do um we have raffles on the website so we get uh, tickets that we mm -hmm. can um raffle off to people to promote shows tours and um when i do a raffle and i look at the like everyone just um 
who yeah did the who signed up to do the raffle it's i think this one that i did that i actually did the numbers for it was like 10 or 13 percent 13 percent women and 87 percent guys just taking part in the raffle so mm-hmm. and i say t- i do um yeah, so it's random. Like I have this like random online generator that gives you random numbers to see who wins. So and most of like yeah, all all of the winners were guys because with these mm-hmm. odds, um, yeah, I mean, which is a shame, but sure. yeah. So just women should participate more in stuff like that, even you know. Yeah, and actually everywhere. Um, as you were saying, it it is pretty cool to see that women are. Um, on the other, uh, like more on the backstage, you know, there are a lot of um, female sound technicians or or light technicians or light engineers, and um, yeah, like on the on the part of the organization of the of the festivals yeah. or the venues or uh, on the labels themselves, as you were saying. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's it's also kind of uh, still not cool uncool to see that on the on the billings of festivals they are like you can count it's still, yeah they're still male dominated yeah yeah and you can count the the women uh on one hand probably i'm i'm staring right now at uh the poster for knockout festival mm-hmm. which is i think um happening soon well when when people listen to this it will already have happened yeah. <laughs> The billing is Powerwolf, Hammerfall, Doro, that's yeah. one woman, Kissing Dynamite, Xandria, that's two women, and Sinner. That's two of one, two, three, four, five, six bands, which means um, two in around 30 people. Yeah. Yeah, we need more female musicians to step up. And we're also, we, we've also been wondering a lot uh, this year why that happens. Because if you look to the Netherlands, in the Netherlands there are a bit more women in bands. It, yeah, I have that impression too. I don't know. Honestly, I haven't really looked into that or tried to analyze it. I feel like a lot of female fronted bands come out of the Netherlands, meaning singers. Um, whereas, well, I personally, I think um, what we're lacking mostly mm-hmm. is actually musicians playing the instruments. I mean, there's, of course, some really good e- exceptions um, looking at um, what's the all-female thrash band from Brazil, um, Nervosa, for example, mm-hmm. who are really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Netherlands. I don't know, but I, I yeah, I, I see what you mean, but I really have no idea. <laughs> yeah, what I mean is just uh, that we are, you know, it's it's our neighbor country. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, uh, yeah, it's not far away, but uh, you can find there uh, a more female bassists and guitarists, for example. For example, in uh, Phoenix Ashes. And Delane even with uh, Meryl Bechtold and that's um, true, yeah, yeah. I can't think of any other right now, but yeah, uh, it's it's a good question to to study to think about. <laughs> I think it's just also a topic and questions of um, how popular is that music genre in the country. Of course, it's also popular in, in, in Sweden, in Finland, 
but maybe mm -hmm. it's it's like an avalanche if there's they're both women playing guitar learning to play guitar they tell her friends and then they check oh yeah that's pretty cool i maybe also want to try it and so they're just more and more getting into it and i i could imagine that that's a reason there were a few at the beginning and of course came just more and more because yeah. yeah that also happens because of and because of representation you know the more we see these women on the stages the more uh the newer generations or the younger generations we will want to we want to follow their paths and um take their instruments their own instruments and start their own bands or join other bands so that's true but that's exactly why we had to we have to keep giving keep giving uh women uh, or bands with women in them uh, a stage and um yeah not let it be the exception but also what i think is important is that um bands with especially female fronted bands are not just seen as female fronted bands um they have to be included just in their own genre um, for example, speaking of Arcona again, they're not typically seen as a female-fronted band because their singer is, she does rough vocals. I mean, a lot of singers do, but also um, mm -hmm. they're just usually lumped in together with all the other like folk pagan metal bands. Like they've reached that stage that I think a lot of other bands still need to reach. They have to establish themselves in their genre and not just be seen as this female-fronted act. Yes, of course. And of course, for that, you, you have to, you, you can't just rely on the, on the fact that you have a, a female singer and, and be like, oh, we're female fronted metal, we have a female singer, because that's not going to get you anywhere, because people listen to music. Voice is one part of that, but yeah, I think mm -hmm. you have to attract, be attractive to people across all your different instruments. Yeah. Yes. That is true. I hope that made sense. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, That's I, also a topic a lot of. We ask that question lots of bands and yeah, also singers, female singers. And yeah, the, the question, um, would you describe yourself as female fronted? Or yeah, not maybe describe because they are female fronted, but more uh, what, they, what they are thinking about that topic or that... Um, mm, what's the word <laughs> that the term female fronted um, because it's just like um yeah the focus just on the front singer and not on the whole band or the music genre yeah lots of singers also say yeah no um of course we have female fronted but we won't just or we don't like to describe ourselves as that because it's just yeah, obvious. <laughs> There's a woman on the microphone, but that says nothing about the music they play. Yeah, but that's always and a yeah, double-edged sword. Yeah. Um, the bands that I the that I asked that question um, lately were, for example, on the tour with uh, the Birthday Massacre, Serenia, and the Agonist. Those are three totally different bands. Exactly, yeah. And the tour was the female metal voices tour or something like that. And and I asked them if they were bothered of being put together on this tour with such different bands and and most of them said no. They said um it's yeah, for the for the you know, for the um 
ticket buyer for the concert goer it's it's kind of difficult maybe but if you go only for one band and then discover that you like also the other that's completely different then you have won something and they have won a fan so that part is actually still an argument i think the fact that that um the female voice that's the common the common thing of all three bands is used uh, as a marketing strategy But yeah, on the other side, if you if you have a, a billing of three different bands, maybe you know already two of them and you know you don't like them and you have to pay a bigger price because you want to see only one of them, it, it, it might also work against you. Yeah, I think with tour packages, it's always kind of like that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And you can also um, have positive sides or reasons if you mix it up, the genres. But um, just to say it's because of female fronted, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so I was on that tour as well. So I mean, I went to one of the shows and, mm -hmm. and yeah, I kind of like I kind of went into that a little bit. So the tour didn't really work for me that well because um, I was lucky because I enjoyed most of the bands, but. It was also kind of going like just in between style. I don't know. It was um, it was weird. Whereas <laughs> um, if bands match more closely in genre, I think I I'm more likely to discover new bands that make music that's similar to music that I already enjoy. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. so having packages with bands who are similar in style, I think works better for me. And maybe for most people as well. I don't know. Um, but yeah, sometimes, I mean, whenever a weird tour package is announced, you can, like, if you look at the comments, um, a lot of people are like, why? Like, why do we have to sit through this band to see this other band? You know? So, yes. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess there's no solution. There's no clear cut right and wrong about this. Yeah. And sometimes it's just a financial thing. I mean, sometimes tourists just, yeah. Yeah, about that, for sure. But for festivals, you know you just have to. You just need more women. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, if it's a mixed style anyway, then there's no reason not to have that, yeah. Sure. True. And we have reached our time limit for this episode of the podcast but Angela we would like to invite you in again in the future <laughs> for sure if you, wanna, if you want to like yeah to join yeah. us again yeah sure so thanks for having me and um this was nice so thanks <laughs> great and see you maybe in real life on a concert <laughs> somewhere probably probably sometime again yeah so if you're listening for the first time subscribe to the Midland High Heels podcast and um yeah visit us on www.metal-and-highheels.com slash podcast if you want to find it again. And we'll see you next time. Thank you so much, girls, for being here. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. And bye-bye.